need to do is something called trail magic. Has anybody ever heard of trail magic before? Yes. The, who has not been on the trip or on the hiking trip? No, nobody? All right, let me tell you. You know what it is, Logan? What is it? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. So trail magic is anytime somebody, um, when people are hiking the Appalachian Trail, you do something just nice that's a surprise. So what we had the opportunity to do is we took little bags that included you know, like some instant coffee and things like that, um, but it also had a life book in there, which was the book of John. And we had, what, 40 of those bags that we made and we handed out. And it was an opportunity for us to have a lot of great conversations with people just about life and, and talk to them about who Jesus was and what we were doing and all of that. But one of the things that I noticed about pretty much everybody that we encountered is they were wearing one of these packs. And if you've never walked with one of these packs, a lot of these generally weigh anywhere from 25 to about 40 pounds and if you're doing anything on the Appalachian Trail, um, if, you, if you know anything about it, the Appalachian Trail goes all the way from Georgia to Maine, thousands of miles. And there are people who will put on one of these packs and they will take several months out of their life and they will walk those thousands of miles. And as somebody who has only ever done it like for two, three, maybe four days at a time, we've done, what did we do last time? We just went 20... It's five days, excuse me, five days. We did 24.4 miles on the Appalachian Trail. And I want to tell you, the best feeling in the world is when we got to the bus at the end of the last day and took these packs off. And the freedom that we felt for never having to put these on again unless we are dumb enough to plan another trip like that, which we probably will in case you're interested in going. But everybody who had these packs on, the first thing you watch them do when they hit that parking lot, they dropped their pack. Because when you take that 25, 30, 40 pound backpack off your back, there's just this feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't ever have to carry that again if I don't want to because it's, it's a burden. When you're walking with it, it's heavy. It gets tiring. And yet what we're talking about this week is that freedom that we feel when we take off a pack like this. And if you've never experienced that and you want to like try this pack on tonight, you can. I'll let you. I will tell you it's about 10 pounds lighter because it doesn't have my food in it. It doesn't have my water in it. It doesn't have my clothes in it. But it's got everything else that I took that week that we went. If you want to try that, you can try that. But after walking miles and miles, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the freedom of taking this pack off. And yes, I am dumb enough to put it on again, and I will do that. Have y'all ever been heckled by a baby? It happens, but that's okay. That's why we love Miss Ansley right there. But guys, when we take this pack off, there's a freedom there. We've been feed from the... You guys, you've probably experienced this because you carry backpacks at school, some of you, right? Does it feel good to take it off at the end of the day? And know for at least a couple hours you don't have to wear it? There's a freedom there. And freedom is what we started talking about last week. But the freedom we started talking about is not freedom from a backpack. It's not freedom from a weight. It's freedom from the sin that enslaves, that entraps every single one of us. And we started looking at Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 because in that verse we see what every disciple of Jesus Christ experiences when they experience freedom through Christ. Scripture shows us in that one verse, it says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And in that one verse, we see who we are freed by 
for that freedom, we're freed by Jesus. We see what we are freed from. It's that yoke of slavery. And we see what we are freed to. It's to stand firm in Jesus Christ. And what we started doing last night is we started looking in the Old Testament at a group of people called the Israelites. These were God's chosen people. And we saw that the Israelites, that they were freed by God. And in case you missed last night, what happened is the Israelites, they were trapped in slavery. They were in Egypt. They were captured by another group of people. And they were forced to endure hard, back-breaking, excruciating work day after day. And they had no hope to get out on their own. So God sent Moses. Moses came in and God used Moses and God performed miracles and God sent plagues and God used Moses to set the people of Israel free. And what we saw in that is when we see that God, the way he sent Moses to set the Israelites free, God does the same thing for every one of us. Because just like the Israelites were trapped in slavery in Egypt, every one of us, according to Scripture, is trapped in slavery to our own sin. The things that we pursue that dishonor God. And just like the Israelites, they couldn't get out on their own. They couldn't act on their own. They could not free themselves. They needed God to act on their behalf. God has done the same thing for every single one of us. He sent Jesus Christ, who gave his life on a cross who paid the penalty that Scripture says is owed for our sin. God did what we could not do so that we could be forgiven by Him, so that we could experience freedom. But sometimes when we experience that freedom, we forget what we've been freed from. We forget about what we were trapped in. It's true about this hiking pack. I will wear this pack for days and I'll put it on over and over again. And at the end, I'll take this thing off. But as much experience as I experience taking that off, as much freedom, guys, when I take that off, you know what I'm going to do? Over time, I'm going to forget what a burden that is. And over time, I'm going to pull out my maps and I'm going to start planning another trip. And I'm going to put that burden right back on. And I'm going to feel that weight and I'm going to walk with it and I'm going to suffer under it. But what scripture tells us is that when we're released from slavery and sin, we're never supposed to go back to that again. Because see, I forget what a burden that is. I forget what I've been freed from, so I go back to it. But we do the same thing as disciples of Jesus sometimes. When we've been forgiven of our sin, we begin to forget what we've been freed from. And we start to go back to some of those old things. We forget what that joy, Scripture says, joy of our salvation feels like. And we start to go back to some of those things. The Israelites that we looked at last night, they did the exact same thing. They came out of Egypt. God did all kinds of incredible things for the Israelites. But there actually came a time while they were leaving, while they were going to the new place that God had promised them, that they forgot what they had free, been freed from. God used miracles to bring them out of Egypt. God did things that no other human being could ever dream of doing. God provided them with food. He provided them with water. God, while they wandered around in the desert for a long time, God actually made their clothes so they didn't wear out. That's every parent's dream, that your clothes would not wear out. But that is what God did for them, they experienced, even though life was hard, they experienced amazing things because they were following God. But they had to leave what they knew. Even though they had an existence that was miserable, they had to leave their routine. They left what was comfortable. 
And there came a time that they had to decide if they were going to trust God and go into this new life that he has promised them, or if they're going to go back to what they had been freed from because they forgot how bad it was. And in the book of Numbers, scripture tells us that that's exactly what they try to do. Tonight, we're going to be in the book of Numbers. You can open it up. It's chapter 14. And what we find out here is the Israelites, they've come, they've wandered in the desert, and they've come to this place that God told them, they called it the promised land because God had promised them, hey, I'm taking you to this new place that I've prepared for you. It's this land called Canaan. And as he brings them to this land, the people had not been there. So what they do is they camp out and they send people into the land to go spy it out, to see if it's really as good as, as God says it is. And here's what they find out. They send 12 spies over. Okay, and tens, all of them come back and all of the spies say, hey, here's what you need to know. This land is awesome. There's all kinds of plants. There's all kinds of animals. There's really big fruits. There's there's plenty. There's water. There's all kinds of stuff. There's everything we could dream of. But there's also really big people over there, people that we can't defeat, people that if we fight, there's no way we can conquer them. And of the 12 spies, 10 of them said, we can't do this. There's no way. Now, two of them said, yeah, we can do this because we trust God. But guess who the people listened to? They listened to the 10. And they didn't want to go over. In fact, in Numbers chapter 14, listen to the first four verses. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. The Israelites are right there. They are right where God has promised them that, they're going to, that he's going to take them. They are about to receive everything that God has promised that they're going to receive. And they look at it and they decide, you know what? Where we came from was not as hard as where God's telling us to go. They forgot. They forgot that they came from slavery. They forgot that they were ready to take on that burden again. They were ready to be submitted to other people without choices of their own, without decisions of their own. They were ready to give up hope. They were ready to give up God's protection. They were ready to give up everything because what they saw ahead of them was scarier to them than what they had left because they had forgotten what they had been freed from and they wanted to go back. But Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 tells us we're not supposed to put on that yoke of slavery again. Does anybody here know what a yoke is? What's that? It's not eggs. No. Okay. Yeah. So a yoke, a yoke, you put your hands down. A lot of, lot of excited people. Thank you for offering the answer. A yoke is a tool that a farmer uses. And what it is, is he would take it and he would put it on like a, a horse or, or an ox. And sometimes they would even pair them together. And it was this wooden instrument. One piece would go over the top of their neck. The other piece would go around the bottom of their neck. It would clamp down. And it gave the farmer the ability to attach a really, really heavy load to that animal. And that animal couldn't get out of that. 
That animal had absolutely no choice. When that farmer put the yoke on the animal, they had to wear it as long as the animal left it there. And it was up to the farmer to take it off. And while that animal wore that yoke, they had to carry that burden and they couldn't do anything to save themselves from it. And that's what Galatians 5.1 is talking about right there. It shows us that if, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you've put your faith and trust in him, once you are free from that yoke, that slavery of sin, that curse, that condemnation that scripture tells us comes with sin, you are not supposed to willingly go back and pick that up again. You've got to remember what you've been freed from. You've got to remember what God has rescued you from, the things that trapped you, the things that enslaved you, the things that pulled you away from God. You can't forget what those things were because when we forget what those things are, we begin to think, hey, what God's calling me to is a whole lot scarier than the comfortable things I came from, and we start to go backwards. And what Scripture tells us is we're not supposed to do that. So we have to remember what we've been freed from. In fact, in Scripture, Paul talks about that in the New Testament. And he talks about it in several different books because, as you guys know, we've talked about it. Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, right? And do you remember where he was when he wrote a lot of it? Jail. Jail. Okay, see, I figured you guys would know that answer. But specifically, in the book of Ephesians, we studied this a little while back. But in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, you can flip in your Bibles over there. Paul is talking about what it looks like to live as a disciple of Jesus. Someone who says, I've been forgiven. I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. And he starts to make this comparison to say, hey, here's what you looked like before you trusted Jesus. And here's what you're supposed to look like now after you say you've trusted Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17, he writes this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. Gentiles were people who weren't Israelites, people who didn't know who God was. He says, don't walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not what you learned in Christ. Assuming that is not the way that you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness and holiness." Paul is describing here what a disciple of Jesus looks like before they experience salvation. He says, before you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, you're, you're darkened in your understanding. It means you, you can't comprehend the things of God or about God. You, 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 just, you can't. You don't get it. It says here that, here that you're separated, you're alienated from God. It says here that you're, you're hard-hearted and you're callous. You're chasing, you're pursuing all kinds of things that dishonor God. That is who we are before we've been freed by Jesus. That is who we are when we are trapped in the slavery of our sin, knowing that we can't get out of it on our own. But scripture says tonight, if you sit here and you've come to the point in your life where you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's what you've been freed from. That's not who you are anymore. You're not callous. You're not hard-hearted. 
There's not darkness under your understanding because God has spoken into your life and God has done a miracle in your life and God has saved you from the consequences of your sin. And we're not supposed to go back to those things. Scripture tells us that we're supposed to remember that we've been freed from those things. But here's the sad part. Quite often as disciples of Jesus Christ, that is not how we live our lives. Because when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, you need to know this. If you've never done this, if you have, you've experienced it, you understand that life does not instantly become all butterflies and rainbows. Oh, Jesus saved me from my sin and I have no problems now. I've got all the money I need. I've got all the stuff I need. I've got all the friends I need. I've got the relationships I need. Everything is great. That's not how it works. Because when Jesus saves you, he saves your eternal soul. But that doesn't fix every issue in your life. Some people think that. And they say, you know what? God's not holding up his end of the bargain. And they immediately go back to the things that they were freed from because they're not trusting God for where he's calling them to go now. There are still things that you have to face in your life that are hard. There are still days when you put your faith and trust in Jesus that there will be heartache, that there will be frustration. And sometimes you will feel so beaten down. Sometimes you will feel so discouraged that you begin to think your life was easier when you were pursuing the things that didn't honor God. Because God didn't do what he said he was going to do. And we start to drift back towards those things. And you wonder, wasn't it better over here? Because life is still hard. And it's because we've forgotten how hard this was. We've forgotten how lonely we felt. We've forgotten how desperate we felt. We've forgotten how we try to fill that hole, that God-shaped hole in us with every other thing in this world and left ourselves unsatisfied every single time. We forget what we've been freed from and we begin to start chasing those things, going back to that life of slavery. It's easy for us to look at the Israelites in the Old Testament and think, How could they not trust God? Of course God had a plan. Of course God was going to take care of them. Of course God was going to give them the things that they needed. Of course God was going to take them into this new land and he was going to provide this victory that he had promised. Of course God was going to do what only God could do and make the impossible happen. We read that passage in Numbers 14, verses 1 through 4, and we wondered, how could they ever want to go back to the life that they knew before, knowing the God that they follow and knowing what they've been freed from? And we read that and we think that, but then we don't do the same thing in our own lives. And we begin to think, God, it was easier then. God, I want to pursue that again. Because what you're calling me to do right now is scary. What you're calling me to do right now, to follow you, to trust you, is hard. As someone, if you sit here tonight as a disciple of Jesus and you've seen the darkness of sin in your own life, you've heard the gospel of Jesus. You know that he died on a cross for your sin to pay the debt that you could not pay to give you a hope and a life that you would not have apart from him. You know that he rose from the tomb three days later, taking his own life up, conquering death, conquering sin, knowing all of that and having put your faith and trust in Jesus completely. You've been forgiven once and for all. How often have you started to go back to what you've been freed from? 
to go back to the things that honor you and don't honor God. Because God is calling you to something different and it's scary or it's difficult. The same way he was calling the Israelites. How many times have you looked at where God is calling you and thought, you know what, God, I don't want to do that. It's too risky. It's too uncomfortable. It's going to cost me more than I'm willing to pay. So you go back. Back to the things that honored you and dishonored God. Back to the things in your life that pulled you away from God. Back to that yoke of slavery and you willingly put it back on. Scripture says if you're a disciple of Jesus, that's not what we're supposed to do. You've been freed from that. Galatians 5.1, let me read it again. It says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul says, don't go back. If you have been freed from the eternal consequences of your sin, freed from what God does to those people who don't trust him, then you don't have to go back. You must not go back. Never put on that yoke of slavery again. You have a choice. You have a choice to pursue God and honor him even when life is difficult because God has a plan for your life every single moment of every single day and it is greater than anything that lies behind you. Let me say that to you again. God has a plan for your life and what he has in front of you is greater than anything that lies behind you. The Israelites, they had no idea what was in store for them. And tomorrow night, we're gonna talk a little bit about what they experienced when they went into this new land. But for a time, they begin to let their limited understanding of what God was going to do, they let that scare them enough that they were willing to go back to what they had been freed from because they thought it was easier than what God had planned for them in the future. I wanna challenge you tonight. As you pursue Jesus, remember what you've been freed from. Remember the thing. Remember that pursuit. Remember whatever it is in your life that draws you backwards, that draws you away from God. Remember it so that you will never forget what God has done in your life. Let that memory push you. Let that memory pull you towards Jesus as you pursue him every moment of every single day. And I want to encourage you with this. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you to let other people pray for you as you try to do that. When you came in tonight on these rows, there's orange cards in these seats. Maybe they're under your seats right now. Maybe there's something in your life tonight. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm a disciple of Jesus. I know I've been forgiven. I've put my faith and trust in him. But sometimes you find yourself going backwards. Sometimes you've forgotten what you've been freed from and you start to drift back in that direction. And you just want somebody to pray for you about that. Write that down on that orange card. When we stand up, when we start to sing, drop it in this basket right here. And myself and the other life group leaders in this room, they will pray for you that God will give you the strength, God will give you the courage to continue to pursue Jesus Christ every moment of every day and not to go back to the things that he's already freed you from. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never experienced that freedom. 
Maybe you never understood that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. He died for your sin. He died and took your penalty, your punishment, paid your debt, just like he paid mine. And he wants you to experience the freedom that he offers tonight. The Bible tells us you simply have to confess him as Lord of your life. Believe in your heart what he has done and confess him as Lord of your life. Ask him to forgive you. And in that moment, you will be saved from the eternal consequences of your sin. And you will have freedom. You will have freedom in Christ to follow him every single day and to live the life that he has created you to live as you seek to honor him. If you're here tonight and you've never done that, but you're ready to do that tonight, you can do that right now. You can say your own words to God, confess your own sin to God, ask God to forgive you. But if you do that, I want to ask you, let us help you celebrate that too. Write that down on a card and drop it in the basket. Say, I ask God to forgive me tonight. I put my faith and trust in God tonight so that we can pray for you in that new walk, in that new life, in that new freedom. And then for every one of us, let's work together not to go back to what we've been freed from as we pursue Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for what you've called us to be as your disciples. God, that you call us to follow you, to pursue you every single moment of every single day. And God, I pray that you'll help every single one of us in this room, Lord, who knows you, knows we've been forgiven of our sin, know that we've put our faith and trust in you. God, I pray that you will help us to remember those things we've been freed from and never forget where you've brought us to. God, help us to pursue you every moment. And God, I pray if there's anybody in here tonight that doesn't know what that freedom looks like in their own life, God, I pray that you'll speak to them right now. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel you calling them. Lord, let them see what it looks like to trust you, to be forgiven by you. God, to know what freedom in Jesus feels like. God, I just pray right now that you're working and you're moving. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.